Welcome to the Redeemed Vision Podcast, where we bring sight to the blind and freedom to those enslaved by our pornified culture. Here, we dive into hard but important topics such as pornography, sexual identity, true freedom, real love, and living marriage well. Go deep with us as we uncover what Redeemed Vision means for each of us living in the world today. Come to know yourself, the power of redemption through Jesus Christ, the joy of laughter, and how to live in gratitude and wonder. This is Redeemed Vision. Welcome to another edition of the Redeem Vision podcast. I'm your host, Steve Picorni. I'm the founder of Freedom Coaching, where you can find all about the work that we're doing at freedom-coaching.net. Before I forget, please make sure to click the little bell, uh, uh, to ring that bell, to uh, subscribe, and most importantly, to share this work, uh, because we believe that the world desperately needs the message of the Redeem Vision uh, of being able to see each other as God sees it. It's that one vision that satisfies, that, that it's that which allows us to connect with others, to create communio with others. And uh, if you feel so impelled to want to support our work, uh, you can go head over to the website. Again, it's freedom-coaching.net, and uh, you can make a donation there. Uh, we're honored to have your support um, in all the work that we're doing. So today I have a very, uh, very exciting uh, discussion here um, with uh, a man who um, does need an introduction because I think he's a a hidden gem for the world um, that I stumbled upon his work actually on Facebook. Um, And uh, our guest today is James Jasper. And um, he is an artist. So I like to say um, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, an aspiring uh, new, newbie artist, shall I say, to a degree. Uh, this man has been involved with this for many, many years. Uh, James uh, professionally studied at the Art Institute of Chicago. I believe he graduated there in 1996, where he studied fine art painting. Uh, has uh, done uh, many, many projects, including murals in Naples, Florida. He's been uh, to Seattle doing a commission to do scenic artwork there. Um, he has his hand also in uh, digital artwork and also doing sculpting on, on computer. We're gonna we're gonna dig in more. Uh, what's all that, what is that all about? But he's also designed some projects um, for churches, such as uh, side altars and and things like this. Um, so. Uh, for those of us in the in the Catholic world and, and Christian world who are concerned about the ugliness of society and knowing that um, there's something um, something transfixing about beauty and how beauty is a calling to something deeper, um, uh, James I believe has uh, has his finger on the pulse there, and uh, he's also um, a great lover, shall we say? He's been married for uh, over 26 years, as six beautiful children and it's an honor to have james on the redeem vision podcast james how are you today hi good thanks fantastic wonderful to have you here so uh obviously uh you heard the the little introduction there that was there um and 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 art has been clearly a part of your professional life i want you to take me back here if you would um kind of growing up where 
where did art like maybe some of your earliest memories with art what 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 captured your your heart regarding regarding all the the, the worlds of art and and let, actually let's just start there what 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 some of your earliest memories of capturing are there to, to realize you know maybe I have a gift for this uh, well I mean my earliest memories weren't uh based on you know i didn't i didn't even start practicing until i was about 14 or 15 that i start to learn to draw but i mean you know growing up in europe my dad would always take us to catholic churches um you know he's a, he's still an ex he's an ex-catholic i i pray for him but um my dad was always drawn to the beauty of these catholic churches and and you go to any even a country church in in, in europe and you're just overwhelmed it's just absolutely gorgeous and um yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of hard to say otherwise. I mean, it's very inspiring, and that's, I mean, that's why we've always had, you know, two thousand years of this gorgeous artwork. So, I mean, there was that. And, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. There was, you know, there was that, and then I was fortunate enough to go to all these great art museums in Europe. So, yeah, I was. Both my parents are, are love the arts. Wonderful. And we, um, in, at what age did you go to Europe? Five. At five years of age, and you were in Europe to, until when? Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's probably two. Probably the first time I went, I was probably two. Okay, two years of age, and you're in Europe for how long? Uh, back and forth. I mean, it was, my dad was in the Air Force, so we traveled a lot. Okay, okay. Because obviously the, um, well, maybe it's not obvious to, to some people, but there's clearly a difference between, uh, you know, European culture and American culture, Art, the especially the, the the sprawling churches, shall we say, are very frequent in many places in Europe, whereas whereas it wasn't um, where it, you don't find those in many places in America. And so so growing up for yourself was uh, your your father was not your your you were raised Catholic by your mom. No, no, I wasn't raised Catholic at all. I married a Catholic girl, so okay, that's how I was able to uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. And yeah, my parents. My parents are my parents are very much of the 1970s generation. So, I mean, they went to they went to Catholic churches as often as they went to non-Catholic churches, and I mean that's I mean, even if you have the Novus Ordo today, I mean they basically are trying to tell you that oh it's all the same, why not? You have this religious indifferentism. So, I mean that's that's a product of the 60s and 70s. Sure, sure it is. Um, and and. And so within this whole thing, so what was it that would you say, because you said there was nothing going on, you didn't really get into art until you were 14 or 15. What was it that made the change for you? Desire to do so. I mean, I just had this overwhelming uh, desire to draw. You know, I didn't, right. um, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't, I mean, I wasn't, uh, I always did it a little bit, but I didn't, I didn't really pursue, um, you know, craftsmanship. I didn't really start pursuing craftsmanship until I was about 14. Okay. Okay. And, um, and from that here, your, um, so, so what, so it was, it was drawing that started out there. And when did this shift? Cause it, from the, the, the bit that I've seen from your Facebook page, and that's where I would invite you uh, to check out um, James's work, um, is on, on his Facebook page. Um, because uh, there's uh, tremendous examples uh, of a physical type type of work here. So when did it move for you from the physical, uh, from 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 drawings over to using wood or using uh, doing sculpture, any of that? Oh well, I mean, I I started 
Well, painting painting's a very difficult medium. I mean, most people don't go past drawing or say watercolors. Uh, watercolors are like color drawings, of course. Um, but when you start working with like actual physical paint, um, you're opening up a whole can of worms and problems that you have to solve and understand. Uh, so, it, you know, I mean, I started doing that at 18, but I did it so badly. Uh, then more, you know, from 18 to 21 or two, I was doing it really poorly. And then, uh, then I, then I, my wife and I rented a two bedroom apartment and, um, and, uh, and we, ha so we had a studio and then from there, it's just, I mean, it's just practice. I mean, that's all you do, uh, paid or unpaid. You just, you just work, you work at it every day. So. Absolutely. Um, and uh, for those who are just kind of tuning in here, I'm speaking with James Jasper, who is who is a, a working artist, which uh, many many other who are aspiring to be artists uh, are probably having a little bit of jealousy on that on that front. Um, but from this from this, James, just like in our world today, um, one of the things that we talk about here at Freedom Coaching at the Redeem Visions podcast is how beauty will save the world. Right. It's been it's been said by Dostoevsky and, and a beauty itself is is useless because it's not functional. But without beauty, the soul shrivels up and dies. That's one of the things that we like to teach. And and so uh, one of the things that I, I think our world struggles with and, and why there's such confusion over art is is definitions, shall we say, that we don't want to define things because it begins to limit what is and what is not art. So uh, what, what is what is and what is not something. So just so we can get into a, a basic, a deeper discussion here, how would you define art? Okay, so there's a very precise definition that I've heard. I didn't make this up, um, mm -hmm. but I don't. I almost never heard. It. I've only heard it once, but it's actually correct. The definition of art is, it's it's quite simply, it is an expression of the human condition. So it doesn't matter what you're talking about. If what you're looking at, listening to, whatever, if that's an if that, that's how you that's how you would judge whether or not something was successful. So versus um i mean basically think of uh think of it as using like a trumpet i mean I, a musical instrument i don't play musical instruments now i can go to the store and i can buy a trumpet and i can blow in it and make a sound but i'm never going to sound like miles davis so you know if you if you lack proficiency or craftsmanship and 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 all the work and everything else uh you're never going to achieve it because you're never going to be able to uh you know, you don't. You got to have craftsmanship, but uh, mm -hmm. in regardless, uh, it, it, it's about an expression of the human condition. So, I mean, even with poor craftsmanship, it happens. But um, that's really what it is. I mean, it doesn't matter if, if you or I pick up paint. I mean, I can pick up. I can pick up a jar of paint, smear it on a canvas, and uh, the same as anyone else. Uh, it's not art, you know. I mean, it, unless I was actually able to convey something. Sometimes that happens. But I mean. Um, yeah. So th that's that's great. So in the expression of the human condition, I think this is this is critically important here. And, and I, I want to take that and I'll, I'll move it to a different direction in just a moment. So obviously you are this has been a part of a life's work, a life's journey, shall we say, at least from 14 to 15. No, um, no, no. Like, no. 47 years. Like well, it was like it was. Yeah. There's so there's an old story with Picasso. He's sitting in France. And he's painting something and someone walks up and says, hey, can you do me a drawing? Um, so he does this drawing, whatever. It says it's $50,000, you know. And the guy's like, what? It took you five seconds to do that drawing. He's like, no, 
it took my entire lifetime to do that drawing. There you go. Yeah. You, you're, you're pouring all of yourself into it. It's, it's, it's kind of like uh, on another medium of art, those who create movies, a lot of people just take movies in not realizing everything that goes into the creation of those movies. Right. And especially as an artist, um, you're literally sometimes literally blood, sweat, and tears goes into, goes into that work there. So, James, obviously, with, with your work, you are not um, just, I, I know that in your, your background that you shared uh, off, 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 uh, when we weren't recording, I learned a little bit that you've obviously done house painting to pay the bills. Oh, we, yeah, we all do absolutely. what we, right, we got to do. Better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, in, fact, I, in fact, I prefer to do it most of the time because I have bills to pay. And that's, you know, yeah. I mean, at some point, I mean, if you try to make a career 100% as an artist, you're not going to be able to pay the bills. I mean, you look at any successful artist, there was a patron. And nowadays, I mean, if you look at a male or, or a female artist who seems to do a career where they do that full time, like, oh, this this guy over here or this girl over here, she does it full time. Well, I can guarantee their spouse pays the bills. Mm. All right. It's, yeah. it's, few and, it's few and far between otherwise. Your, your odds, you and I have better odds of getting into the Super Bowl than we do of getting wealthy in the arts. I understand. So clearly you're not doing this specifically for money, except for the house project, shall we say, right, to pay those bills. So yeah. let me ask let me ask this point, because because the 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 work and I encourage all of you to check out James, uh, James Jasper's Facebook page um, and we'll put the, the link in the show notes. Um, this is where he's demonstrated some of his work and, and it's it's beautifully constructed. Uh, much of it is religious in, in nature here. Um, I want to, how would you say that your faith has gone and inspired and, and, and influenced your art in the creation of, of, of various projects? How? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, in, in, in order to do anything, like say Thomas Aquinas, the statue or, or the Beatitudes, what, I mean, it, honestly, it just, it takes, you got to meditate on the subject matter. I mean, so the more you think about something, the more you're going to know it and understand it. Uh, and, and, and the better you'll do. I mean, I mean, I think it was, I think God had spoken to some, one of the doctors of the church in, in, or some religious person and said some, as far as St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, this is just, you know, obviously this is second hand information, but you know, this saint related that the reason that St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, was so good was not simply because he studied, which he did, but he prayed more than he studied. And that's why mm -hmm. he had better comprehension and insight. So I'm going to ask you a challenging question that you might not be able to articulate. And if you can't, that's okay. As you prepare for, let's say, because right now I, the most recent project that you're publishing is about the Beatitudes. Oh, and yeah. So as you're going in to prepare to do these, um, and, and there, what was the medium of those? Is it wood or what is it? So uh, the stuff that I published, I, that's a digital render. So what I did, um, and on, on that one, though, it's, it's important to give my wife the credit because she, she uh, developed the concept for eight or if not all nine of them. I'm not sure, but definitely the main eight. And um, I simply sculpted it on the computer and then for the uh, North American Martyrs Parish, I carved it out with a CNC machine, and the, you know, and then we we gold leafed it, and it was uh, it was just for a running border on the side of the nave. 
but um i mean basically the process is always the same if you want to do it correctly i mean it doesn't matter what you're doing if it's just a simple portrait uh you know you break it down into parts but i mean the main the main thing you want to do is you want to say okay this is the subject matter all right was well, saint you know thomas aquinas will do uh sorry so saint aquinas what do we know about him what are his attributes what are his mm. uh characteristics how did he look how's he depicted in art you can still reference all the old stuff mm -hmm. so i mean he wrote books i mean he's known for the summa okay he's holding the summa he's going to hold a pen he was inspired by the holy spirit okay i mean it pretty much i mean when you break it down to, things down to what they actually are where you're not actually trying it's kind of like you're trying to do anything when you try to do something you're putting your own will i don't know you're approaching it from a different way whereas if you simply look at something um uh at, at a little bit of a distance um and state and just state things for what they are it's easier to uh it's like compositing an image um you know you're just sort of putting it together almost like a collage and then from there you just make adjustments it's beautiful and that's the exterior obviously but um what i'm what i would like to see if you're if you're if if this is even you're able to articulate this, that process of you've done some studies before even getting studying the material, or even maybe as you're studying the material, there's a there's a process of your own prayer that goes there, right? Yeah. Inviting inviting yeah. God, inviting the Holy Spirit into uh, into that discussion. How would you say that for you? Again, this may be very difficult to articulate. That's why I'm, I may be asking an impossible question. Um, how do you see, um, how do you, how does God speak to you in there? Is it color? Is it, how, because artists, I, I've heard you stories. Just have that, ideas. That's one. No, yeah. you just, Go ahead. you just have ideas. That's all. You'll have an idea. I mean, that's how, I mean, that's kind of how the spiritual world works in a certain sense. I mean, you know, it's not, I mean, someone might call it, oh, a vision or this or that. Oh, I, you know, oh, I, I visualized, mm -hmm. I had a vision about this or that. Well, what you had is a mental picture uh that's formed in your imagination based on memories and um you know i mean mental pictures can come from you know multiple sources uh but if it's i mean if it's divinely inspired it would you know then that's i mean that's how you know it's not like you're going to hear words you know it's not like you're going to see flashes of light or you might visualize color you might mm -hmm. visualize something else i mean for me like if i'm doing a statue of a saint um uh, you know, I comp I contemplate, say, like, say, Philomena. Well, okay, uh, the circumstances of her life. It's no different than, uh, and I mean, this is where I've gotten, I've improved over the years because I've spent more time in contemplative prayer, which is definitely based on the rosary. Um, you know, at rosary every day for the past five years, uh, religiously. But I mean, that's that's like rosary is like that that gateway one to contemplative prayer, and once you start doing that. Um, that's where you're receiving help, uh, and then and then that's and then that's where you'll have artists who say, no, it's it's you know I didn't do that. That was you know that was, that's that's where it's more of a gift because it is a gift. Mm -hmm. um, whereas when I do it otherwise, you'll I mean I make lots of mistakes otherwise. So and you just won't you just won't see those pieces of artwork because they're so horrible. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's more it's more of contemplating the contemplating a given saint you know beautiful and i and in the world in which we we live in especially in in the catholic world or maybe maybe it's the busyness of life 
that notion of, of as a Catholic artist, okay, how, how critical to their, their formation uh, and in creating uh, not just art that's going to be purchased by a church or, 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 or hung up for, for display, how critical would you say that their, their prayer life needs to be in the formation of those pieces? Absolutely critical. Sure. Yeah, just absolutely. Uh, it's absolutely critical. I mean, the more, the more, the more time you know, I, the more accustomed I have been to you know to you know a contemplative uh, lifestyle when I'm working, uh, you know, work and pray. I mean, I would do it even when I'm painting houses. You know, say you're just contemplating scripture. But I mean, it's the same for artwork, and even more so. And the more that you uh, you pursue that, the more that you understand the absolute necessity for it. It's like any. It's like it doesn't matter if all you do is um, if you're if you're just a housewife and you never nothing much and it's boring. And so the Virgin Mary was a housewife and all she did was contemplate God. That's that's what it's all about. So that's where you're going to have better comprehension. And that's where um, that's the grace of faith. Uh, faith isn't knowing that God exists. That's rightly ordered reason. Faith is faith is knowledge of God. Um, and that's and that's something that God gives us. He gives us faith. So you got to think about him if you want to. Yeah. Hey Amen. If you want to go deeper, deeper into where he's calling you uh, to be in, in his work. So, uh, and again, um, we're we're talking with uh, with James Jasper here, and his and his very great gift uh, of an art uh, as artist, but also the gift to the church. And that's one of the things that's also intriguing to me is um, your wife. Her background's art as well, from what I understand. Yeah. Um, did. The, the two were the, you knew her as an artist when you met her, I assume. Yeah, we met at the artist studio in Chicago, fell in love, moved down to Florida, got married, all that. <laughs> and now they make beautiful, beautiful masterpieces, including their children. So, on that level, how do you uh, again? Some couples will struggle with, with working together, and I imagine that obviously, as male and female, we are different, right? And I, I assume. Um, this this obviously comes to play in your in your in your marriage, but obviously in your in the art world that you, the two of you are creating. So how do you merge? So a I would say is does she have a different style of art than you do? And then b if that's if 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 that's true, um, how do you merge those together? How do you work those together? Yeah, well we're both into realism, you know, and we both have the same goals in mind. Um, but her hand is different than mine. I mean, that's in, that's inherent and intrinsic. I mean, you can't, it's like a signature. I mean, trying to forge somebody else's signature, you might get a similar likeness, but the, the author of the signature would be like, that doesn't look like mine. Anyway, um, but we, we got lucky early on doing murals together uh, and decorative painting, uh, which is real silly stuff, super silly uh, and uh, for wealthy people, you know, but it's just making their, making wealthy people's house nice. But I mean, it, it came to pass where one of us would sort of, we'd both go to a meeting with a client, male or female, didn't really matter. And mm -hmm. uh, the client would be talking to both of us, but <clears throat> it's like one of us would sort of be inspired or have a better understanding of what the client was looking for or talking about. <clears throat> like, I, there were a number of times where I'm like, I would, I would sort of make mention of something and she's like, oh, no, 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 he means this or she means this. It's like, oh, okay. So Susan would sort of start taking the lead on that. So one of us would basically take the lead on the project. And then when we're working on a project, it's like, you know, she would work on, say, one area. Like, all right, so maybe she would paint the tree and then I would paint, you know, uh, the foreground or something. You know, so you just work on different areas that we 
then there's not really any conflict. And then you just make sure your colors, um, you're using the same color palette and it's fine. I love it. I love it very much. So, and, and one of the things that I encourage all those who are, who are listening to the podcast or watching it, um, do check out, I think they're there, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, I, the North American Martyrs in Edmonds, uh, Washington. Um, you work, you and your wife are commissioned to work on the, the high Gothic uh, main altar and the sanctuary space. Um, and your wife was, the, I believe, the, the main artist on the crucifixion scene. Yeah, um, yeah, she did that. She did that entirely herself. Yep. Amazing. A truly, truly inspiring on this. And I, just a, a couple more questions as we'll close this part of our, our interview and then we're going to do something kind of kind of different for people to get to know you a little more. Um, mm -hmm. Is how have you seen the use of art or um, maybe the, the better question is, are your kids naturally uh, gifted in the art world as you guys are? And then in your in your work as husband and wife? Um, as, as, as father and mother, bringing your, your natural gifts and maybe supernatural gifts of art into your education of your children, how have you seen that impact your, your children and their, their growing up, their cultivation of the virtues? Okay, I think I, I, think I caught five questions. So, um, uh, <laughs> I mean, well, the first one would be art in general. Uh, but, um, I mean, as far as the kids, yeah, one or two of them have a natural... Uh, my oldest has a really good eye and good, very good mm -hmm. sensibility. And then one or two of the other ones have interest in it, but more like a hobby interest. But then again, I mean, when you're talking about someone who's like eight or 10 years old, <laughs> you know, um, and then, yeah, I mean, my wife homeschools, so we incorporate art, you know, they'll do, we'll do art related stuff, but only like periphery. I mean, it's, you know, you still have to have solid academics. So we do, you know, Elizabeth mm -hmm. Ann Seton and then, um, and then you just have, then you do projects with mom or dad where you're where you're doing things and just I mean if I was a farmer I'd teach my kids how to shoe a horse or something. Um, sure. But uh, but yeah I mean as far as uh, what was the first question again as far as the changes looking are? looking at how you've seen with your wife and you your natural abilities how have you seen that uh, impact their their own development as as human oh, beings? Okay. Yeah yeah I mean it's they they definitely. Um, they definitely know how to look at things a little differently than, um, than superficially. They'll, they pay more attention. In fact, my kids are better. Um, say my two oldest are really adept at, um, looking at symbolism in paintings or, or artwork that I generally just like go past. I mean, sometimes I can be superficial and it's like, Oh, okay. There's an anchor in the picture and other stuff. I don't pay attention. I'm focusing on the figure. Whereas my kids, one of my kids might say, Oh, I'm, you know, I think that this, uh, I want, I bet this symbolizes such and such. And it's like, Oh yeah, good point. Um, so I mean, when when you're when you get accustomed to looking at a painting, a painting is like a visual rep representation of like several icons. Like you look at a stop sign, that's an icon, or this or that. So paintings use those. Um, it's just a tool or technique that you put in a painting. So um, you start to look at that as such, and then you start to look at um, you know things in general or life or walking around or whatever you look at the symbolic nature of different things and then, you know, you're going to have a broader perspective uh, and also um, a less superficial view. You know, I mean, I think that's kind of the goal. Oh. It's on mute. Thank you very that's much, there. James. Um, so in the, in the pornify culture that we, we live in, um, that where the body is not respected, 
where we we oftentimes are what we're trying to do in our work and, and freedom coaching is to help people to see the human person well. Um, for those who have struggled with, uh, with issues of pornography or 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 not being able to uh, see life in, in a way, how would you say that art and particularly religious art can help to bridge that gap? Yeah, I mean it's um, it's. I mean, as far as how religious art does that, I mean, it's a different question. But I mean, as far as I mean, as far as a human being, man or woman, but men are more visual, so I think men have more problems with this. Uh, I mean, it, definitely want custody of the eyes, custody of the senses. But I mean, walking around, I mean, we train our boys to have custody of the eyes because, I mean, in Seattle, I mean, whew, <laughs> some of the mm-hmm. ways that women dress is like they shouldn't be dressing like that even if regardless of what their figure looks like i mean it's just like it's just like you shouldn't really be dressing like that in any case it's not that oh, anyway um but i mean you need cost of the eyes uh and also uh, discernment but i mean so one of the ways that you can get past that is um you know identifying and and being more sympathetic uh with what you're looking at you know when you look at someone Look at them as a, as 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 a human being or a person who has the same feelings and thoughts and emotions as you do. So, um, you know, for instance, if you see a, a beautiful woman who's a model for a, a a painting, you know, you've got a you've got a beautiful model who's modeling. I don't know what, like you're doing a portrait of a beautiful woman. Um, you know, you need to think of her in a less superficial way. Because otherwise, if you're if you're just looking at her as for only for her physical beauty, well, then that's going to go that's going to go towards you know lust and eroticism and so forth, and that's and then you're objectifying a woman. Whereas the successful paintings, like if you have a successful painter, uh, you know, say 150 years ago, who Bouguereau and several other ones did them, where they're nudes or partial nudes, but they don't there's nothing erotic about there. You see the lovely nature of femininity, for instance. I mean, you might see, you know, a little bit of a boob hanging out or something, or, or the arms and legs heavily uncovered. But uh, it's more of an ex- to express like a natural beauty and a mood rather than say just a physical beauty. That's where the only purpose of that is just to inspire lust. So, you know, I mean, you, yeah, it's 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 something you actually have to pray for as well. I mean, it's always been a problem throughout since Adam and Eve. I mean, Adam had the same problem. I mean, it's very easy to look at a woman and be like, you know. Uh, so, I mean, it's something you have to fight against and also you have to pray for. You pray for that grace, ask God to help you. And uh, and then you also, but I'd say the biggest thing to work on that you can do uh, yourself is to, is, to, is to contemplate, say, the female form uh, in terms of that person, you know, you know, look at the face, look at the eyes, Look at who she is, rather than uh, certain parts. <laughs> Absolutely, no. So, uh, for those, just to kind of recap what James just said here. Very important. I think there, there certainly is a place for custody. I we need to learn how to see, um, le- learn how to. If we've got to look away, um, then do that. But, but it's more also learning how to see the person, and that's going to take some a deep interiority of being able to, to, to recognize where is God moving my heart in this place? And I think this is also where the, where the, the importance and the power of art comes in 
is that in a certain sense, we can say the body itself is never pornographic. It is oftentimes the way in which the body is portrayed, and, and, and this is why I think your, um, your definition of art earlier is very important, because there's a lot of false notions of art that come up there. We want to say that anything up on a, on a screen or anything that is, is posted in the picture is art, and that's not necessarily true. So even in the midst, can we have this discerning eye through a movement of our, of, of our, of our heart connected with God that allows us to see the truth of the person that's being portrayed here, even if they're not being portrayed in the best way? So, yeah. uh, go ahead. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, it's just, I mean, oh, sorry, I lost my train of thought, but it's, I mean, that's just because of, just because of, say you've got an oil painting, life-size oil painting of a woman scantily clad or whatever, dress how, it doesn't matter. Uh, But I mean, what's, what's the painting of? Well, it's just a painting of a beautiful woman. I mean, that's all I see on Facebook or social media or all, all everywhere else. Most paintings, they're just, it's just a superficial painting of a beautiful woman sitting there or standing or whatever that's not art. That's lit- that is truly not artwork. You know, even if they have realism, even if they've accomplished realism or this or that, no, you don't, you haven't said anything. That's not an expression of the human condition. You're just trying to photograph. It's like a photograph. I mean, you're just, it's without, it's, it's without subtlety, subtlety or purpose or, or it doesn't say anything. That is beautifully said, James. Very, very grateful uh, for your insights here on this. And one last thing I would say is, especially to those who do have a, a gift for art, who are looking to go into, into the realm of, of, of Christian and Catholic uh, art and, and to create, create those elements and create projects and, and, and beauty. What pieces of advice, maybe one to two pieces of advice for aspiring artists, what would you say to them? Uh, first and foremost, I'd say don't do it. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I don't recommend it. So, so, so. Having said the very first point, which is the most important point, the second point is is uh, is is also an answer. But it's to those people who have to do it. So, you know, that's different. I mean, there's doing it as a hobby, but then there's doing it where you just really have a need to do it more and more frequently, um, and you have goals and so forth. Uh, now, I still say don't do it, but if you have to do it. You know, you want to you want to have good, strong foundations. And number one, I mean, it's like any other business or anything. Uh, self-discipline and the self-discipline is hard in the art in the art field, because what what you do as an artist is extremely enjoyable. But to run a business in the arts, you absolutely have to have self-discipline. I mean, the fail, that's why the failure rate is so bad. It's not simp- it's not only because bad craftsmanship and you're putting out a bad product. It's because you're not doing the business paperwork, you're not doing the emails, you're not doing proposals, you're not contacting you're everything, everything to run a business. Um, but yeah, you wanna you wanna make sure you have solid foundational skills. And um, yeah, I could I could um, I could uh, type, give you some links, like New Masters Academy. It's just nma dot com or dot org. New Masters Correct. Academy. There's nothing. It's like it's clean. It's uh, inexpensive, like twenty five, thirty five a month. And you will get the you'll get the best academic training. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. Awesome. And I, I so to make the distinction, obviously, if you're gonna dabble in this, don't try to make it a make a living out of this, right? But if Yeah, yeah. We should all have hobbies. I mean it, it, you definitely need to have good hobbies, that's life. Um, but if you're try, if you're thinking to make money from doing that, 
I'd say think again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But if you're on, if you're on fire, if you're burning with this, let that passion come there. But like James has done to take care of his family, you may just have to paint houses, and that is a very respectful and uh, respectable uh, work as well. Very important. So James, thank you very much for your time here. What I want to do is just shift the discussion very, very briefly as we we close our, our podcast. Um, this is a little uh, a little less. I don't know if our interview was intense or what, but this is a little less. Um, these are going to be just a series of we call it the twelve. And we're looking at what's your take on the 12. And these are just 12 questions off the top of your head. Don't, uh, don't, don't overthink them. <laughs> and just so, so we can get to know you a little more. And then we'll close up here if you can let people know exactly where they can get to know more of your work um, going forward from there. Okay. Yep. So here's, here's our 12. Number one, peanut butter. Creamy or crunchy? Creamy. Two, if you could be any Star Wars character, who would you be? Ah, uh, Boba Fett, probably. I don't know. He was my favorite. Boba, he, uh, definitely. Three, uh, what's your desert island food? Uh, pizza. Or, no, actually, I'm sorry, sandwich. Sandwich. What kind? Yeah. What kind of sandwich? Well, that's why I pick sandwich, because you can have, there's so many types. Oh. <laughs> smart. I'm, Very I'm just, smart. I'm playing, I'm playing the gray area on that one. <laughs> I'll take it. Uh, number four, beer or wine? Uh, wine. Which kind? Uh, I don't drink anymore. <laughs> okay. All right. But, uh, but Wartrimer's, uh, Wartrimer was a nice one. It's, uh, it's like a white Riesling. I don't know. It's really nice. That's tasty. Fantastic. Yeah. Number five, your most memorable Christmas gift you received when growing up? Uh, green bicycle. Nice. Very good. A Schwinn? Uh, yeah, I think it was a Schwinn. Yep. Very good. Those are good. The wide handlebars. I think I had one growing up. I had a blue one. Um, number six, what's your bucket list country or city? Country? I don't know. Maybe something like Syria would be neat because the archaeology. Uh, I don't know. China would be nice. I, I don't know. There's too many. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, seven, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Uh, I don't know. Grace. Perfect. Grace. I'll take it. Uh, eight. Have you seen The Chosen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So here's your impossible question to follow up on that. What's your favorite episode? Oh, I don't, I I didn't watch that many episodes. My daughter loves them. Um, I don't know. There was, I, I liked, as far as watching it, I liked, I would like parts of them more than the whole episode in particular. So. <laughs> sure. Is there a particular yeah. part that moved you? Uh, I don't know. Like the calling of the apostles, like Matthew was a mm. nice one. I mean, I don't remember which episode that was, but you know, I like the circumstance. I like the way they portray the circumstances of that, but I wish they had drawn more on uh, the, the, the writings of Anne Catherine Emmerich. I mean, read the life and times of uh, Jesus Christ or biblical revelations, Anne Catherine Emmerich phenomenal that's there's powerful yeah yeah i agree yeah it's good for it's good for mental imagery so i mean it's like you want to do christian artwork dude read that i mean read the lives of the saints in general but and Catherine emmerich my favorite beautiful beautiful and i would even uh uh, i would add to that in addition um is uh the the work of a, a little known mystic, mystic known as Luisa Picaretta that her 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 insights on uh, the passion of the Christ 
um, go very, very deep. So uh, that, well, that way to connect that with art as well, but I shouldn't expect anything less you being an artist. <laughs> you, start thinking, you, start thinking, you start thinking visually all the time. But yeah, and there's also, I think it was, I think Mary, Maria Greta, uh, City of God might have been it, but I think it was Maria Greta was one of the others. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Um, number nine, what do you want written on your tombstone besides your, uh, the, 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 your, your name and date? Mm. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's a tough one. I don't know. I'd have to get back to you on that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just something to think about. Death is calling for all of us. Um, number 10, who's your favorite saint? Favorite what? Favorite saint. Oh, favorite saint, Joseph. I mean, I, okay. I mean, if obviously, obviously the Blessed Virgin Mary, you know, we're not going to count. And, and St. Joseph's even kind of hard to count because he's too much of a, a standard. I mean, you got the Holy Family, you can't beat that. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's really funny. I've, 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 I've got several that I like a lot. Uh, Padre Peel's a phenomenal one. Mm -hmm. But um, I don't know, having done, having done all these statues, I just, I have such an appreciation for so many different saints now that it's just like, mm -hmm. They're, they're starting to all become my favorites, you know? Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and for those who are listening to this, the saints are not simply statues. They are real <laughs> persons. They are more alive than us. And James, no, no offense to your pride, as great as his art can be, um, their glory that shines from the grace of God that comes from them is even more beautiful. And so James is capturing a little, little glimmer of that. And I think oh, yeah, this, for this, yeah, this, the world we live in is like a facsimile of what's, uh, what's to come. Amen. 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 Uh, number 11, if you were to be martyred, how would you like to go out? I don't know. Arrows? <laughs> <laughs> Sebastian-like. Excellent. Right. And exactly. Number and number 12, why be Catholic? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty obvious one. I mean, it's the one true faith. I mean, you don't, as, as I tell both my parents, um, 500 years ago, everybody was Catholic. So <laughs> what do you, uh, what do you want to do with that? <laughs> Jesus Christ founded the Catholic church. That's why I'm Catholic. I mean, that's, it's, you know, I mean, you've got different places that try to make similar claims or, Oh, we're offshoots of the same tree. No, you start changing the doctrine and you have private revelation or this or that. I mean, you know, you can't, once you start changing things, you've got a different substance or you've got a different object or, you know, as I said, you know, as I think it was Thomas Aquinas or Aristotle had said, look, if you have one, if you make a statement with one false word, the whole it renders the entire statement false. You know, if you have a glass of water with one drop of poison, you don't have a glass of water anymore. You got a glass of poison. So, um, no, you stay true to the doctrine as it was taught to us by Jesus Christ. Amen, amen. If you take one thread out, the entire uh, the entire piece comes undone, shall we say? Right. Yep. So there's exactly. a there's a there's a perfect tapestry, and it's another thing that God is has us part of that tapestry. He's not done yet. He's yeah. working on things here. <laughs> James Jasper, it's been an honor and a privilege to, to get to know you a little bit, to share a little bit of your work. And please, um, please head over to, to James's Facebook page. Um, the link we'll put in the show notes. Um, there is great beauty there, and I encourage you to go deep in there. Um, James, is there any other better place for us to get get to know you, how to get in touch with you, if they want their house painted, uh, how, any, any best way for them to touch touch base with you, uh, your final Facebook, thoughts? Facebook is fine. Yeah, Facebook works fine for me. There's Instant Messenger and, um, and WhatsApp or whatever, but Instant Messenger is fine. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so I said, I, I'm not much into technology. No problem. Well, wonderful. Well, honored to to have you uh, have you here on the Redeem Vision podcast. Honored to have your gifts and sharing those with the world. Um, all the best to you, James. And uh, we'll chat right after we get off of uh, off online here. So hold on one second. And uh, to all those who have uh, joined us here for the Redeem Vision podcast, we want to thank you again for coming here. I want to just as a word of encouragement, um, how today can you enter deeper into beauty? How today can you bring beauty into the world? And if you have a gift for art, how can you grow that one, one or, or water that seed a little more today so that you can manifest beauty in your life? Because we believe this is one of the ways we move forward. We help to heal the pornified culture and to be able to bring back others to life from the dead. So as a, uh, as a final send-off here, I'm Steve Picorni, the founder of Freedom Coaching. Um, this is the Redeemed Vision Podcast, and we will see you next time. The Redeemed Vision Podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching. To learn more, check out freedom-coaching.net and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Movie. 